Welcome to the Razzles Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie, and joining me today, I got my co-host back, Zach Robinson. Zach, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. A week off, but, you know, we're back and better than ever, and I'm excited for some uh, Thursday night football tomorrow. Yeah, we got the Pats Buccaneers. Uh, we're going to be going head-to-head. And also joining us tonight, we have a very special guest, uh, Kyle Posey from uh, Bolts from the Blue and Fan Rag Sports. Now, Kyle, I had uh, Jersey Mike's, which you just got locally. Um, I had a sub sandwich from there tonight. It's uh, very fantastic, my first one ever, especially for like a, for like a chain sandwich shop. Uh, so, Kyle, you got to tell me, man, what is your favorite uh, combo for a sub sandwich? I'm a big meat guy, so I like to go meat on meat with some barbecue sauce and garlic aioli, and then obviously throw some veggies and peppers in there, but any sort of meat combo, so like a, a brisket and bacon or that sort of thing, is that's the way to go. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, Zach, care to weigh in? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the worst guy to ask about. Um, anything that isn't related to what did, football. What did the Jewish folk do for a good sandwich? Oof. I mean, Publix. <laughs> what, dude? I'm the I'm the worst when it comes to anything that isn't football uh, on this big, podcast. Big veggie I, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, oh yeah, I forgot you're a vegetarian. Yeah, no. For I mean, legitimately, my favorite sub is definitely uh, Publix subs. I just think. You know, we're talking 10 out of 10 sub game uh, with that. Subway's cool, but I don't know. I like the public spread because I just feel like it's just better, better quality. And then, you know, my brother really likes Firehouse. But I, you I do haven't, not have a Firehouse. Yeah, I haven't really, uh, haven't really had much of a Jersey Mike, so don't know really how much I could uh, say about that. Firehouse well, is solid. Jersey Mike's is very good. I think I would go Witch Witch over all of them. Yeah, but the closest one to us is Iowa City. I mean, you get the opportunity to go there all the time, but I always, I always want something. I always want like a slice of pizza when I'm in Iowa City. I never think about getting a sub sandwich because <laughs> Iowa City, as sleazy as it is, does have some good, uh, does have some good pizza spots. Yeah, I just like food spots in general. So I too am looking forward to Thursday Night Football featuring. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Tom Brady. <laughs> I knew, ah, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. But yeah, Kyle. Recently, you wrote um, for FanRag. You wrote about the Patriots' uh, secondary. Uh, so you watched the tape on uh, the game against Carolina. So, what specifically did you see from the Patriots' secondary? And is there anything that the Buccaneers can exploit on Thursday night? It's just guys not in position to make plays so a lot of there's like five to six coverage busts just like flat out two guys running with one receiver leaving another receiver running wide open down the field stuff that you just do not expect from a Bill Belichick type defense it looked like it was a bunch of rookies but these are like secondary like free agent big free agent signings that like Stephon Gilmore or like guys that they just extended like Malcolm Butler, and even like their veteran guys, like Patrick Chung. So, um, it was, yeah, it was pretty surprising to see how many how many coverage busts they had. But if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm throwing slant, slant, slant to Mike Evans and just letting him buy 
Patty Malcolm Butler, who's like the same size as my five-year-old. Yeah, well, uh, it's the best route runner in the league, so it should be uh, should be very exploitable for for Mike Evans. Um, Zach, who do you like fantasy wise? We put out our rankings today, and we both are high on both Tom Brady and Jameis Winston. But who else do you like in this game? Um, I'm expecting some big things in Doug Martin's first game back. Uh, the Pats' defense is not a good one when it comes to stopping the run. I'm expecting a good game from. Uh, pretty much all the usual suspects for Tampa. I don't mind Deshaun Jackson as a flex option. I think you can do better, but you're starting Winston, you're starting Martin, you're starting Mike Evans. Uh, On the Pat side of the ball, again, you're starting all the usual suspects, including James White. I think he can be very viable. Um, And he's even proving to be a week-to-week starter in PPR leagues when we're when the Pats are entering these high shootout contests, which is pretty much every single week. Um, and again, I love Chris Hogan this week. Yeah, I like Chris Hogan too. Um, so yeah, I th- <laughs> we're both going different ways on this. I'm predicting a uh, big win for the uh, for the Patriots, um, pretty sizable one. And you're predicting that the Buccaneers will hang right in there. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, so we are going to move on to the Sunday night or the Sunday games. And we're we're not going to hit every game because we have three of us on and we all want to have, you know, equal talking time and whatnot. So uh, we'll skip around to the good ones. Uh, now, Kyle is a Chargers fan, so I wanted to get his thoughts on uh, the Chargers and Giants. Uh, personally, I think it'll be a big day for Phillip Rivers because uh, the New York Giants can't – they don't have a pass rush for shit. But uh, Kyle, what do you think of the Chargers um, on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, I know 0-4 is 0-4 for a reason, and, I mean, you can get into that. But what do you see on the offensive side of the ball? So it'll be interesting to see if the Giants use Janoris Jenkins, who's very, very good, to shadow Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen's been very good uh, just the last couple weeks. It looks like he's he's shaking off the rust. He's pretty rusty week one, but last, last week he looked faster than usual, so... Uh, I imagine that he's going to have, a, you know, a, a good week, and he's going to get his targets either way. So uh, you'd like to see that. Uh, I would, I would hold off on Gates this week. Uh, he, he just looks like he looks fifty years old. He just looks like he can't run. He can't Big run. Hunter Henry week then. See, that's that's the thing. Uh, they, for whatever reason, they refuse to throw him the ball. They, they use Henry like a more of a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really run routes like you would expect a guy who seemingly is always open so uh it, it'll probably be like if you're if you're going in the pecking order it'd be a keenan type game and then uh, i imagine travis benjamin's going to get a big player or two here and then you know that's the same kind of with it's usually a coin flip between him and tyrell who gets a big play but uh besides keenan man i'm not i don't know i, I do think the giants can stop the run though so i i might uh I, I mean, Melvin Gordon, you took him in the first round, but I, I, I'm not sure that he's going to even be healthy enough. He doesn't look healthy. Uh, he's not breaking tackles. He's not right. Um, um, right. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think is going on with uh, with Melvin, just uh, with the breaking tackles? Do you think it's just the health, or do is it more of a, a 2015 version of him as opposed to 2016, or is it just the injuries? I think this is just kind of who he is. Like, he's going to run very hard. He's going to run straight. But he's not going to make guys miss. So, 
Uh, when he's getting these touches, that's why we saw last week uh, that Austin Eckler guy sneak in just because they needed somebody for a big play. They needed somebody to, to create in space. And for whatever reason, Gordon isn't doing that. But I, I don't think health is an issue because this has consistently been him since he's been in the league. Right. Zach, uh, going to you on uh, the New York Giants side of the ball, um, Odell Beckham is obviously someone you want you would want to start. Um, do you think Eli Manning can repeat like a 300-yard, two-touchdown game like he did last week? Or what pieces do you like? Do you like Wayne Gallman? <laughs> um, no, I've actually been hearing a lot of positive things about him uh, from from last week and the week before that, but... I think Eli, yes, I, I think he can definitely have a good performance. The Rasball projections themselves and Rudy really like um, Brandon Marshall this week. Uh, have him, they have him right in and around a, a borderline flex option in you know twelve to fourteen team leagues, which I think is a fine uh, move to make. We've seen Marshall really being productive in the past in New York and Chicago and Miami. And it hasn't really shown yet in New York, and that's probably because Odell hasn't been as effective as he, through the first couple of weeks this year, than he has been in the past. Whenever Odell really is productive, he pretty much controls the attention from opposing defenses, and then Marshall can sneak in in the red zone. And I, I think Marshall can do that. We saw, we saw it finally last week when Marshall put up a serviceable game in PPR leagues. I think it can happen moving forward. I think he's a great buy low candidate for next to nothing. If he's already on someone's team, he's most likely a free agent in most leagues. He doesn't really grade out that well against, uh, the chargers cornerback who should be covering him, Trevor Williams, but I think it. I think there is a a, a positive matchup, a little bit of a positive matchup for Marshall. I would expect him to be kind of like a what the heck flex kind of, you know, move. Oh, and then, yeah. And then for the rest of uh, the Giants' offense, it's Odell, it's Eli, and it's Marshall. The running game is pretty non-existent. I don't know. I kind of like Wayne Gallman. Uh, obviously. You get this glimpse of like a little bit of talent from a New York New York Giants uh, running back like Paul Perkins towards the end of the season uh, last year. He finished with like four point five yards per carry over the last four four games, and then obviously in two thousand seventeen, he's proven pretty much unusable and uh, from an NFL standpoint, uh, frankly, pretty talentless. Um, not to say that you know, but. Uh, I wanted to move on to the Jaguars and Steelers. Um, so I was bagging on Fournette um, quite a bit uh, at the beginning of the season, but he, he's scoring a touchdown uh, every game. So Kyle, is this is this more of a fantasy football um, fantasy football type of player, or is Leonard Fournette actually a good NFL running back? Fournette has been surprisingly good. He's running very hard. He's breaking tackles. He's he's very fast. A lot of people, I think, don't realize how fast he is for his size, but he's just getting yards, like you said. It seems like he's getting in the end zone every week. He's also getting, you know, they're, they're kind of force-feeding him the ball, so he's going to have an opportunity to make plays. But he's, he's a really good player, man. He's been very surprising. 
Yeah, uh, so Zach, it sounds like you're kind of right all along, and uh, my my words against Fournette kind of uh, went to waste. Um, no, I don't think they. I don't think they were completely <laughs> in waste. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still averaging under four yards per carry, but I mean, he's not running behind the best offensive line. It, it truly and I know is. A, a, a lot of those yards are after first contact too. So it, it truly is all about volume, right? It, right. it may not be the best matchups, especially the first week when we truly saw him play, you know, a, a, a meaningful NFL snap. It seemed to be a tough matchup against Houston, but man, it, it didn't matter because he continually gets fed. And now with Allen Robinson out for the year, you know, uh, it, it, they'll, cont- they'll find every which way to use him in this offense. Now, Kyle, um, on the Steelers' side of the ball, Tavis Bryant, um, he's he's he got three catches for third for forty eight yards last week. Um, he's only found the end zone once this year. Have you seen anything like in his route running or anything um, that tells you why he's not getting targets, or is it kind of like on Ben Roethlisberger, or what? Why is Martavis Bryant not kind of breaking out the way we expected him to coming back in two thousand seventeen? So he could have had a big play. It was two weeks ago, and he just flat out dropped it, and he mm-hmm. walked into the end zone. But uh, they're 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 kind of just force feeding Antonio Brown the ball, and yeah, getting back to what you said, Big Ben has kind of sucked it up this year. He hasn't played very well. Um, so it, I think this is going to be the the Le'Veon Bell show. Uh, the Jags have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. They've allowed some of the biggest plays in the league, and they yeah. have two two very good corners. So, um, I mean, obviously Brown can <laughs> get his numbers no matter what. But you think yeah. he can? You think he can beat up Jalen Ramsey, like on one on ones? Do I think that he can beat him one on one? Yeah. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to move him into the slot. Okay. They do a re- they do a really good job of that. And I, I would I would kind of stay away from Bryant this week, um, mm-hmm. but I think I think Brown's gonna go inside and just get a bunch of catches. Uh, mm-hmm. He'll probably he'll probably end up breaking a couple of them just because he'll be over the middle. But yeah, I, I don't think that he's gonna see a lot of time against uh, Ramsey and uh, AJ Bowie or Bowie. Okay. That makes sense, um, and I think we've seen that before from the Steelers, so that that kind of makes sense. Um, so, Zach, we're moving on kind of to the Bills and the Bengals. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, although he's he's getting a ton of work and he, he's getting the yards. I mean, he's getting like 90, 100 all-purpose yards per game, basically. Uh, why do you think he hasn't been able to find the end zone, even though the offense is uh, finding their way into the red zone? I mean, quite a bit often. I mean, not like as much as, you know, a team with a, a powerful offense or whatever, or what have you, but more than we expected. So um, what do you think is wrong with LeSean McCoy's production? I, I really don't know. Um, I'd like to say because the Bills are entering themselves into more of a passing, not passing heavy offense, but we've seen Charles Clay's production go up. We've seen them trying to target Zay Jones as often as they can. And even with Jordan Matthews and his injury, they're using more of LaShawn McCoy than they really are 
they're using more of LeSean McCoy through the air than they really are through the ground. You know, mm-hmm. In week two, he only had nine rushing yards versus a couple catches for close to 40 yards. And then against Denver, it was the same story. And in Atlanta, he did produce more on the ground in terms of total yardage. But again, he was featured in the passing game. I, I really don't know why he isn't why he hasn't found the end zone um, on the ground yet. He's still a serviceable running back. I don't think this is cause for concern. I think it's a decent enough matchup against Cincinnati this week that he should be productive, although they are on the road. And then the bye week hits, and I think they'll be able to regroup and talk about how to better utilize um, LeSean McCoy's production. And then really quickly, just to um, talk about what Kyle said earlier with Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant. I'm expecting Antonio Brown to match up versus Jalen Ramsey. If they move Brown into the slot, Ramsey should follow. And I think, mm. I honestly do believe that just based on pure talent, Antonio Brown can beat out Jalen Ramsey. I think AJ Bouye covers. We're talking Martavis, about the best corner in football. But we're also talking about the best wide receiver in football that just spent a full couple of days complaining that he wasn't getting featured enough in the offense. They'll find a way to double digit targets. Every no, game. I, know, I don't know what that's about. I, and I'm not sure either, but it's the squeaky wheel theory. If he's going to complain that he isn't getting enough or he isn't producing the way he wants to, they'll find a way to get him the ball. Well, it works with Odell Beckham Jr., so it should work for him. Um, and before we move on to Kyle, because I want Kyle to talk a little bit about Joe Mixon, um, I wanted to give you props on Charles Clay. I mean, he's going to be a top seven tight end this year, and you made that call. Uh, you were very verbal about it uh, towards the end of the preseason. So I just wanted to give you props for that. Good call, buddy. Thank you, Matt. You definitely uh, know how to make a guy feel special. <laughs> All right, Kyle, uh, getting into Joe Mixon a little bit. Um, what do you see with the Bengals backfield? I know uh, Mixon has been getting more touches, but um, last week it was just 1.7 yards per carry. I mean, he got 19 carries. Um, do you think this continues? Do you do you think he sees the same workload going forward, even if uh, he's not as productive as we thought he was going to be? We lose Kyle. Well, as J.O.A. says, it's all about production, the production value. value. <laughs> you beat all me right, to I'll, it. I'll throw, the, I'll throw that question to you, Zach. Sure, and I got a couple questions about it underneath my rankings post about Joe Mixon. Um, I'm confident on him rest of season just because of his new new role in the offense with uh, – oh, I'm going to mess up his – is it ra- – it's not Razor, but it's 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 Laser or – I don't know. We'll call him Bill yeah, Razor it's Laser. It's, it's, it's so I, I like his new role because they really aren't overworking him. They're keeping him really limited to early downs role, which I think best fits his play style. And then they're using Giovanni Bernard in the passing games. Um, and we, we saw that with Bernard's receiving touchdown last week. And I even think the week before he had a receiving touchdown. Back in Oklahoma, it really was a split running back, but uh, a split backfield between Mixon and Samaje Pirine. Right. Mixon really works. He he really works well in a split backfield, and that's not really common for. He should be playing the Giovanni Bernard role. You think is so? The problem. I think he's uh, a dual threat back. Uh, 
but better than Giovanni Bernard. And I think Giovanni Bernard has taken the snaps that Mixon would be useful in. But the problem is Jeremy Hill can't hold on to the fucking ball. So, <laughs> so Joe Mixon has to be the early down back. Yeah. That, that's no. just what I think anyways. Yeah, I, I think it I think it really can work both ways in the offense, even though it's not the most, you know, it's definitely isn't the best offense in the NFL. All right, we can move on to uh, the Panthers and the Lions real quick. Um, so, yeah, I want to ask you about Cam Newton, uh, even though we kind of got into I think it was before we started recording. We got into Cam Newton a little bit. Maybe it was when we were recording. I tend to space out every now and then, so uh, maybe I have. Maybe I have like CTE or something. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> speaking speaking really quickly of CTE, um, OJ's back on the streets and he's making a beeline straight for St. Petersburg, Florida, right in uh, Tampa's backyard where his daughter lives. You better, you better hide your kids and hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Cam Newton, do you think he can uh, keep it together against the Lions? I know the Lions have a pretty good defense. Uh, what do you think? I'm going to say no because Cam had a great ma- uh, potential matchup against New Orleans and a pretty good matchup against Los An- uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and did not do as well as we wanted him to do against those offenses – or defenses rather. And then he blows up against the Patriots who are terrible and then now immediately we want to start him each and every week. And we're kind of forgetting that he didn't live up to our expectations against bad defenses, but he does well against the worst, the worst defense in the NFL, in my personal opinion. All right, Kyle, I think we have you back. Do we have you back? <laughs> no. Yep, All right. Uh, what did you think about uh, – the Cam Newton in the tape that you watched against uh, against the Patriots. Did you think it's uh, do you think it's kind of fluky just because he played the Patriots, or do you think he can do the same thing against the Lions? No, I liked how he did a good job of give, giving his big guys Funches and Benjamin a chance to make a play. So he, he actually threw it to them. He still missed some open receivers, but um, he, he played well. He played really well. He only had eight incompletions, so I mean, it's hard to be too nitpicky there. I just like the fact that he get, he threw the ball up to them. That's what you have to do. You have to trust the guys to make a play, and they did. Yeah, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle. Um, do you think he's Do you think he's on the verge of a breakout game, or do you think it's just going to be heavy volume and just kind of help helping them move down the field a little bit, but not really being the the RB one upside that we kind of thought that we were getting when we were drafting him. Do you think there's a big game on the horizon, like a Rose Bowl against Iowa? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. As impressed as I've been with Fournette, I've been that unimpressed with McCaffrey. Uh, he he really hasn't been breaking tackles. He hasn't been this flashy player in space that everybody expected. Uh, one of my friends has been calling him Reggie Bush, and not the college Reggie Bush. The, the oh my Bush. gosh, that's horrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so just just watching last week, there was a couple carries where he had where he could have gotten bigger gains, and he's just not making certain cuts. He's not cutting it back. He's not cutting it up. No, I hear so you. That's disappointing. 
Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, throw it back to you, Zach, on the Lions side of the ball. I know that's uh, that's your forte. You love your Detroit Lions quite a bit. Um, what do you see them doing against the Panthers this week? I see them using a mixture of uh, the healthy balance of rushing and receiving. Uh, I, I like Amir Abdullah this week. I don't yeah. think this is a week where Theo Riddick should be heavily involved because I don't think this should be a blowout. Or not a blowout, but a slugfest, rather. Abdullah did really well last week against the Vikings' defense simply because they they were close enough in the game where they could have the liberty of just pounding the ball away with Abdullah. I think that can continue this week and in future weeks when they're not having to throw it a bunch of times against a, a, a you know a defense like Atlanta. Um and as for the rest of the team, I like Golden Tate. I'm not sure what to think about Kenny Galladay, really, because there was the flash-in-the-pan week one performance, but he hasn't done that well in you know in recent weeks. That could be just attributed to the Vikings secondary and other, you know, just secondary matchups, but, you know, you're the man when it comes to Ken- Kenny Galladay, but really, after that, impressive week one you know one catch against new york two catches against atlanta and then he, he didn't play against minnesota right or no he, he he had the the problem was he broke out in week one and you and i were both talking about it that maybe he was going to be fantasy relevant around week eight or so once he you know got a grasp on the speed of the game um got a grasp on beating corners or what have you just route running in general um so i don't think this is the last we've seen of kenny galladay this season and that's just not me being a kenny galladay fanboy that's just me being realistic about how much the lions offense likes to throw the ball so yeah, um he's and- still he's still getting He's still getting five, seven, three targets a game. Um, last week it was five tar- – or the last game that he played, I'm sorry, that was week three, was five yeah. targets. So I don't think it's the last we've seen of him. And I think he will have some fantasy-relevant games. And by the end of the season, he um, he may be usable uh, in deeper leagues. So uh, don't don't give up hope yet, but I, I don't think you can own him right now in, uh, in anything more than like a four- – in- anything less than – I'm sorry, like a 14-team league. And moving on to the Seahawks and Rams, uh, the early afternoon games. Um, the Rams kind of show that they are for real um, when it comes to uh, the offensive side of the ball and the way that uh, Sean McVay is doing things there in, in, in Los Angeles. So I have my own thoughts on this this week with the Rams offense. What are your thoughts before I get into what I think? Well, I think they shouldn't shy away from using Gurley. I don't know if they actually will or not because this game, you know, still is in Century League field. Um, you know, it it seems like a tough matchup, you know, against Seattle. But we have to remember this is a defense that was decimated by the Titans' offense, both through the air and on the ground, especially on the ground with Demarco Murray, you know, breaking off that big you know, touchdown run. And then we, in week two, 
you know, Carlos Hyde didn't score, but he did put up 124 rushing yards on the ground. This mm-hmm. isn't the same defense that we saw years ago that we immediately bench everyone and, you know, everyone and anyone against. That's why I really like Todd Gurley this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, you're not, yeah, you're never benching Todd Gurley, especially after this incredibly hot start. And again, I think the reason why Gurley is doing so well is just because of McVay. Um, and so I don't think people should be scared about this matchup. Is it a tough matchup? No. Is the atmosphere itself and the potential of the Seahawks getting out to an early lead, you know, is that present? Yes. But, you know, on paper, this is a good matchup for Gurley. And as for Cooper Cup, I'm not that confident in starting him. He did do well, but it was against the Cowboys. They didn't. They don't have the best secondary in the world. The Seahawks again. They, you know, the Legion of Boom isn't what they used to be, but it's still, mm-hmm. it's still daunting enough of, you know, of an opponent, and the matchup that, or, you know, the atmosphere of the game that I, I can't, start Cup with confidence. No, I hear you, and uh, th- I, you kind of just said what I wanted to say about Todd Gurley and this isn't the same defense that um your you know teams were facing years ago even though they they made the moves in the in the offseason to kind of sure up that front seven uh in Seattle but yeah I I don't think the Rams will have trouble moving the ball and the Rams tend to split uh the season series uh within the division with with the Seahawks yeah so um this is their home game, even though it's, I mean, it's not really a home game. It, it, if we're being real, it's Los Angeles. No one really cares about football. Is the game in, in Century League or is it at? No, it's it's uh, at the Coliseum. Okay, then that is com- that is totally my bad. Forget everything that I said about the, jeez, man. Forget what I said about the the atmosphere of Century League. It's, no, Gurley, you're starting Gurley. What do you I'm, think I'm about? I'm starting what do you think about Cooper Cup? Uh, I would feel comfortable starting receivers outside of Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I just I don't know. How I don't. Much I don't of... think Richard Sherman is as good as he used to be. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious, but I don't think Sammy Watkins is good enough to have a day against Richard Sherman. And I, and I assume that Richard Sherman's going to be on Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I go back and forth on Cooper Cup because. It it was a good, it was a good matchup against Dallas. Is it a good matchup if Sherman covers Watkins? He could. It could be Sh- uh, Shaquille Griffin on Watkins. If Cup draws Jeremy Lane, which I don't know if that's a possibility yet, and I'll talk about this on the Tool Time article coming out Saturday. But if we get more word that it, it's looking like Jeremy Lane is going to cover Cooper Cup, I think you should, I think you should start Cup at a flex, but. Yeah, um, Kyle, let me get your thoughts on uh, the Rams' offense and what have you seen from Sean McVay so far? Yeah, I... Really? <laughs> <laughs> we might have to fade this interview. All right, we got to pause that. Yep. All right, um, we'll move on to the Raiders and uh, Red Raiders and uh, Ravens. All right, just give it a gap and then keep talking. 
All right, moving on to another afternoon game. We have the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, so Derek Carr is going to be out for two to six weeks. Um, what do you – so Amari Cooper is struggling, like, really badly, like two catches for nine yards badly uh, last week. Um, the problem is the drops. Uh, we're going to have Michael Crabtree coming back this week. Um, EJ Manuel is going to be starting at quarterback. Are you even putting Amari Cooper in your lineups at this point? No, and I think he should draw Jimmy Smith the best, you know, the best corner for the Ravens. It's not a good matchup by any stretch of the imagination. You're not thinking about Cooper. I don't even think you should be thinking about Crabtree, really. Their wide receivers took a big hit in terms of fantasy stock with the injury of Carr. I don't think EJ Manuel is simply good enough to keep up the top 10 status of Michael Crabtree, you know, the top 12 week in and week out when he's healthy. I don't even, I don't even know about beast mode. This entire offense as a whole, just their stock plummeted with uh, cars injury. And you even saw it last year, like last year's, you know, Raiders offense was good enough to beat, Houston, right, with Carr out, and I believe it was Matt Schaub, right, who was the the backup in that playoff game. Um, I could be wrong about that, though. But in that playoff game, they just didn't try. They It simply just came down to effort, and they it, it seemed like they didn't want to be there. The, the leader of this football team, to me, is Derek Carr. I know, you know, Lynch is you know, has more years of NFL experience than he does, but this, I I don't want to start any offensive, you know, Raiders offensive player for the time being. No. And you and I both had Marshawn Lynch outside of the top 50, uh, this year. And we were both a little bit worried through about week two, like, Oh my God, we, we faded Marshawn Lynch and, uh, he's the same Marshawn Lynch that he was in, you know, 2000, 2013 2014 2015 and whatnot and well not 2015 he's pretty much hurt the whole year um but yeah he he's just kind of he looks like a 31 year old running back right now so uh that's that's not good for the raiders yeah he Um, got off to a really good start against tennessee and the jets but you know 18 rushing yards against washington and 12 rushing yards against denver granted it was a tough matchup but that's just you know one point is not going to get you you know it's not going right, to get uh, you on uh, fantasy teams for very long. What do you think about Alex Collins on the Ravens side of the ball? I like him. I think he has trouble controlling the football. And I wrote, I talked about this in the rankings post because the projections really do favor uh, Buck Allen. And I think it's Buck Allen's job to lose simply because Terrence West is just a mediocre runner at best. He hasn't really shown us anything special this year. Alex Collins, while you know, very promising, has trouble securing the football. That is a death sentence as a young running back in the NFL. It really is Buck Allen's job to lose at this point until they... You think so? I really uh, think so because, so again... The, the split carry, or I'm sorry, the, the splits last week was nine carries for Alex Collins, and I think Buck Allen only got like two or four carries. Yeah, but he was really productive in the passing game, and that's where most okay. of the production was. And so, again, you know, maybe this only does apply to PPR leagues, but, again, you know, the projections are high on Allen this week after Collins is, you know... 
security concerns last week. I'm not ready to say, yeah, no, be high on Alex Collins rest of season because, again, he is a promising running back, but ball security is probably the most important thing to have in the NFL as a runner, and it's it hasn't been there so far. Could that change? Yes, but can't you know is the uh, Ravens coaching staff going to give him a second chance probably but it's not a guarantee gotcha all right I think we I think we got Kyle back as he as he gets closer to uh civilization uh on interstate 80 um Kyle I wanted to ask you we're moving on to the Packers and Cowboys yeah so what is his injury uh concussion oh wow 10 days though 10 days rest Oh, that's true. That's true. So I think with the Packers, man, I, I'm I'm all on the Jordy train here. I think uh, this is the kind of game where Jordy just kind of ha- Jordy just kind of shows out. Uh, in big situations, Rodgers tends to lean his way. Um, I I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I think Randall Cobb has kind of gravitated to being just a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not so sure that you know. Devontae Adams is he's he's a solid number three guy, but he's not really a guy that you can rely on. He, he seems like a hit and miss type. So if I'm gonna if yeah, I'm he's, he's been like that since a rookie. Right. I mean, last year he kind of broke out. I mean, he had he had the twelve touchdowns, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. Um, but he he does <laughs> it does it definitely does. Uh, he does have um, he does have two touchdowns so far this year through the four games that he's played. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just want to say that it's great to uh, see him back on uh, the questionable side of the injury report and no serious neck injury or anything like that. So hopefully we see him on the field this upcoming week would be a great thing. Um, this might I do be want a talk- game where Martellus Bennett goes off because oh really? I, I, the, the Aaron Rodgers doesn't the throw Chargers. to his Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw to his tight ends. Yeah, and so that's a good point. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, the Cowboys have they they play their linebackers. So Sean Lee's obviously very good, but the guy who's playing next to him, Jalen Smith, has been kind of hobbled. He's the guy that was super hyped up coming into the year, but he, he just he can't run. And mm-hmm. teams are going to start picking on him, and that's what we've seen last week with the Rams. They just they spread him out and they make the linebackers cover the middle of the field. So while you're right, I mean, Rodgers, for whatever reason, he doesn't lean on on Bennett, even though he had a, a horrible primetime game a few weeks ago. But I think that uh, I think this might be it where Bennett actually shows his worth. Yeah, but uh, going back to what you were saying, you were kind of talking about the Cowboys defense a little bit. And I mean, they played uh, the Rams offense. And before we lost you, I did want to ask you uh, what you thought of Sean McVay's offense. So why don't you give us a few details about what you think has changed for the Rams with uh, the coaching change? He's doing a great job. He's doing a good job of getting the receivers in space. He's using a lot of misdirection. So instead of just running Tavon Austin in motion and faking him a reverse, so he's doing that and running receivers the opposite way. He's getting golf on the move. He's, he's getting receivers running down the field and spreading them out. He's just doing – um, there's a stat with the, the next-gen stats where golf is thrown into tight windows. Um, it's down to 17%, which is third best in the league. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last, 
whereas last year it was uh, 24%, which was, I think, like sixth highest or something like that. So there's just a lot more space. And I, I heard you guys talking about Cooper Cup. And, yeah, he's probably not uh, he's probably not somebody you want to start just yet. But uh, he's somebody that they do rely on in their offense. So I don't know. You know, I think soon enough he'll be the guy. It's just not there yet. Yeah, it's all about volume in this game. And uh, fantasy standpoint, you want to see a little bit more from him. But, yeah, I agree with you. At some point, he he will be a a regular starter on fantasy football teams. Uh, Zach, I wanted to throw it to you. I know you are pretty high on Ezekiel Elliott this week. I mean, as you should be. I think you have him as your second overall uh, running back this week, correct? I have to double check. He's either one or two behind Le'Veon. I think I think you had Le'Veon Bell than Zeke Elliott. Yes, yes, I think that's right. Yep. Okay, so why don't you tell me about uh, what you think the Cowboys can do uh, Packers this week? Yeah, so I, I'm expecting this game to be a high-scoring game. The game against Los Angeles really should have been, you know, more points should have been on the board, but the the Rams had to settle for seven, I believe, uh, field goals uh, inside the red zone. Shout out to uh, Greg Zerline. Um, I, I really like... I, I like um, I I like Randall Cobb's matchup against I believe it's going to be Orlando Scandrick. It's not a it's not the best matchup for Jordy, but again he just gets too many good looks and you know targets for you to not start him. Adams returned to practice against um, you know for this week, so if he does play, I think it, it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good matchup, but I, I apologize because you asked me about the Cowboys. I don't know why I'm talking about the uh, the Packers. I think this is a high-scoring well, game. Get, get your thoughts out. I, mean. I, I think this is a high-scoring game. Cole Beasley arguably has one of the best matchups if he draws Morgan Burnett in the slot. Morgan Burnett has not are, are you a Cole? Are you a Cole Beasley owner anywhere? I'm not, but I do know that there is a sub-community of fantasy football writers that <laughs> are like, Cole Beasley. It's like a little. It's like a little subreddit for Cole Beasley. And we're a part of them in this industry, duds. I think Cole Beasley went like in the fourth round, which is unbelievable. Oh my dear God! Um, But no, it's a good matchup against Morgan Burnett. You, I, I am confident in starting him in, in the flex spot in PPR leagues, especially in deeper leagues, maybe twelve team leagues. Um, Des Bryant is a great daily fantasy play because again his matchup. I believe it's Kevin King. His ma- is really good. Like his matchup is really good, and if you can get Des Bryant, you you should. You probably should have gotten him. You know, after week three, because he did yeah, get that I got touchdown. My, uh, my Des Bryant for Jay trade. Yeah, or- there we go. That's a good one. Um, you know, he struggled against New York. He did get that touchdown against Denver, which saved his day. Didn't really do as good. In, against Arizona, you know, only two catches. One of them was a short touchdown, though. And then did really well against Los Angeles. But I think the, as I believe, you know, he's still a top 20 wide receiver in PPR leagues, but I think he's around 16 or 17th in the rankings. People are people expected more of him just based on the fact that if you have Des Bryant, you likely have him as your number one wide receiver, unless you went receiver-receiver in drafts. This is a 
this is one of those games where I'm I'm fully expecting Des Bryant to put up, you know, thirty to forty. Not forty, but definitely twenty to thirty points. Just, you know, wow. two touchdowns. Okay. One of those like six for a buck twenty and two touchdowns. Like th- this is a great matchup for Des Bryant. This could be your call of the year, buddy. This could it, be it. It could be. I don't know, man. I'm still I'm still riding on the wave of a uh, Charles. I'm I'm gonna remember this one. I may give you shit about it we if should... he goes if he goes four for forty with no touchdowns. <laughs> it's and only because I said it he will. Like that's just how life goes <laughs> for me. We should have a small bet for uh Bucks uh Patriots. We we can get it, to that later, but I'm thinking yeah. some of like if the Bucks score it, or if the Bucks win, I have to change my Twitter profile to whatever you want. And then if the Pats win, you have to uh, – I have to send you a photo that you have to use as your Twitter profile. Okay, we can do that for uh, for two days. All right, two days. Okay. It's it's settled. Okay. All right. Well, betting against the spread, obviously. Yes, the spread. definitely. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. So – no, because I'm not just changing my Twitter profile for the fuck, <laughs> for the fucking Patriots beating the Buccaneers. That's just okay. So if the Bucks cover the spread, then you have to change your Twitter profile to something. And Fair then enough. if okay, uh, okay. Kyle, I wanted to move on to you. We're going to move on to the the Chiefs and Texans. Uh, there's a couple players uh, in this game that I want you to talk about: uh, Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson. Uh, why don't you start with Kareem Hunt, Kyle? Um, why don't you tell us what has translated well from college uh, to making him a good pro running back? I was wondering when we were going to get to the good team, so I'm glad we got yeah. here. Yes. So, it sounds like you're home. I I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So with Kareem Hunt, man, it, last year he just had just insane balance. He just he's like a pinball machine. He, this dude just bounced off people, and for whatever reason, a, a lot of a lot of draft Knicks thought that that wouldn't translate, but it happened so much so frequently, and it was so consistent that it was hard to imagine that not translating. So his balance, that's why he's breaking all these tackles. He's not he's not a burner, and you can see that this year. He's not like super fast, but um, he just he just falls forward. He's always falls forward. He's always breaking tackles, and he's just super dependable. And that's what's translating. So he's reliable, and you know you're going to get. You know, essentially that long run's going to come. So that's I mean, it's easy to give him the ball twenty times. We know that's going to mm-hmm. happen. And uh, yeah, on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson. Um, so your close personal friend Charles McDonald has been a long-standing friend or a long-standing fan of uh, Deshaun Watson. Do you kind of echo the same uh, sentiments about the same uh, traits, or what is it that you really like about Deshaun Watson? I think he's just a gamer, man. He's 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 always been like that. Nothing has really changed since Clemson. He still has a couple knucklehead throws where uh, he'll throw a bad bad interception or um, he'll. He'll just hold on to the ball too long, but he last week he was pretty impressive. He's making some nice throws down the field, which you like to see, because some uh, a lot of people were worried about, you know, just like arm strength or velocity. But that hasn't been a problem. He's just he's a smart player, man. He has good poise in the pocket, and he can create with his legs. And I think what I like most about him is he knows where Nuke is at all times. So when it's like third and two he's going to Hopkins if it's third and four he's going to Hopkins so he trusts him he knows his number one receiver but at the same he's time, really man, making the 30th uh best receiver in the league look like a top five receiver is what you're saying well 
30, 30 might be a little too generous. But yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love, I love Nook. I know you're not a big fan, so I just wanted to troll you a little bit there. Uh, Zach, I wanted to throw it to you. Um, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, Deshaun Watson, especially we have talked about Kareem Hunt in the past. Um, do you think Deshaun Watson's a real deal? And uh, you can kind of give us um, what you think this game's going to go like. Yeah, right. sure. So I like Watson. Do I like him as much as other analysts do? No, I don't. I don't think he is. I think this was a great matchup, and I think everything you know went right for Watson. I'd like to see more of this in you know future weeks especially this week you know it's a tough test for him against Kansas City because although Kansas City doesn't have the you know the best defense in the NFL it's still an it's still an you know it's still a downgrade from the Titans to Kansas City for Watson so I I'd, I'd be interested to see how he performs against this team in terms of the game itself, on the Houston side, I'm expecting a really nice game from Will Fuller. Um, he yeah. has a he has a good matchup against Marcus Peters. I obviously, think it's, obviously, obviously, you don't think it's going to be two touchdowns again, but do you think he's going to see no. like more more targets, like yes. more catches, like maybe a six or seven catch game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good game for Fuller. I think it's again another good game for uh, D Hop. And then on the Kansas City side of the ball. I, it's a fan freaking tastic matchup for Tyreek Hill. I'm really high on him this week. He should be facing Jonathan Banks, who right now I think he's at a 40% or a 40 grade from Pro Football Focus, which is failing. He's at, he's a failing cornerback grade. Um, meanwhile, Tyreek Hill is at an 80, which is you know a solid B uh, for Pro Football Focus. It's it's definitely a matchup, Alex. Uh, Alex Smith should exploit and as for the running game you're always starting Kareem Hunt yep um so Kyle before we get you out of here um I wanted to get your thoughts on Stefan Diggs we're moving on to the Monday night game the Vikings versus the Bears uh I know you watched a lot of the Tampa Bay tape um the corners were playing eight to ten yards off of um off of Diggs um but what have you seen from Stefan Diggs that makes you think that he's a top tier wide receiver he should he should light it up on Monday night, man. He uh he's just a hell of a route runner. He's he's really quick. He, I think he ran like a four four five. So he's always been fast. Um, but he, he's just really good at getting in and out of his routes. And then he has like it's not really that's an intangible, but he just has like that that will that go get it that dog in him. Where if you throw it up to him or if you give him the ball, he's going to make a play, man. And a lot of guys just don't have that where they have the will to go get it or they have that want to. So, I mean, that you can't really measure it, but that, that matters, man. But just as a route runner, just from like the stuff that you can see and that is tangible, um, he is just super quick. He, he does a really good job of setting guys up with like head fakes and jab steps. And he, he makes some guys look pretty silly, man. So, I imagine he's going to have a huge night on, on Monday Night Football. So you think he's going to be uh, John Gruden's Gruden grinder on Monday night? Oh, he's going to break the receiver record. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you tell folks what you're up to um, in the upcoming weeks and go ahead and plug your Twitter. Yep, uh, just riding with whatever uh, whatever is happening in the league, man. I, I just kind of just kind of come, come as it goes. So I'll, I'll probably be writing about the Thursday night game. So 
hopefully that hopefully that's a good one. I think it will be a good one, but uh, I don't um, know. <laughs> I think it'll it's be gonna inter- be a brutal beatdown. Entertaining is all is all we're rooting for here. And if um, the Bucks can put up twenty eight points, I'll be happy. <laughs> that's that's more than enough. But yeah, I usually do some breakdowns in the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday. Um, just following the, the NFL week. So you can follow me at uh, KP underscore show. All right. Thank you for coming on. And uh, Zach, we'll go ahead and finish up with uh, your thoughts on the Bears and Vikings. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me. So last week, live on air, I I put Tariq Cohen in uh, for uh, for Jordan Howard. Um, it didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> yeah. So, at this point going forward, do you think Jordan Howard is the every week starter? Nope, because Howard was extremely lucky um, to be productive last week. I I still think this is Howard getting the early downs work with Tariq Cohen sprinkling in with receiving. Um, it's kind of a mystery that – yeah – just simply put, Howard got lucky against Pittsburgh because the game went to overtime, and that's where he scored the touchdown that saved his day. And then in a complete garbage time blowout, Thursday night football, you know, rain delay. Weird. It was the weirdest. It was one of the weirdest Thursday night football games, just in terms of you know, set flow and rhythm. I don't think people should now look at this backfield and say Jordan Howard's the bell cow running back after good games against uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Green Bay. I I think Howard is actually the perfect sell-high candidate. I think you should be trading you Jordan Howard. You think so? Howard. I think you should be jo- trading Jordan I Howard. I think he's looked stronger as the years he went has, on. He has, but Tyree Cohen has looked pretty good so far when he has been uh, you know, producing. It's inter- I'm, I'm, I think maybe you should we- – uh, wait a week to see how the offense runs under Trubisky because this, if you know, if he isn't turning the ball over as much as Mike Glennon has been, maybe we're thinking, you know, differently about where this, you know, where their offensive identity stands. Maybe they won't have to use Cohen as much because they'll be more competitive in games, but man, I, I don't, I don't think people should now view Howard as a starting RB in fantasy. Oh no, I think the same. I think the exact opposite. Well, yeah, I, really do. I mean, again, I hate to use the. I I don't like using the term lucky because it's not really luck in fantasy. Like Blake Bortles I think finished. He's, as I think the, he's like. I think he's like not as prevalent of a Leonard Fournette type running back where he's going to get the volume, but obviously he's not going to get um, the production that Leonard Fournette is, is getting. I I think he's that type of back. I think the offense needs him. So I think the fantasy points will be there, whether he's actually a good back or not. Yeah. I'm again, I I hate to use the term lucky because garbage time really does matter in fantasy. I don't, it's it's never, yeah. That's why, that's what made Blake, that's what made Blake Bortles the number seven, uh, quarterback last year. Something crazy like that. Like, you know, I, so garbage time is, isn't a fluke. If teams really are down late, it's a little lucky, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I just don't think, 
I think everyone was on the verge of trading him after the start of the season, and then everyone's now reversed their mind, you know, their thinking after two weeks. Wow. Uh, so speaking of running backs, um, the Vikings side of the ball. What? Yes. Who do you think? Uh, is it Latavius Murray or um, is it going to be Jared McKinnon uh, who's going to take over the lead back? Not just necessarily this week because they might be splitting carries, but uh, going forward, who do you think is going to take the reins on that job? Yeah, so I think we'll probably get to a point where McKinnon and Latavius Murray are so bad that um, they're just going to be like, all right, Cook, listen, dude, if it's one good knee, that's all right with us, and they're just going to send him out there. But um, I – no, I think I think it's McKinnon in the passing game and Murray on the ground. I think Murray is fine in standard leagues, and McKinnon's a fine option in PPR until we see something different. Um. Uh... Did you cut out us for a second, buddy? Oh, okay. Should I hear? I can mark it down, and you could just ask me again. Uh, one thirteen. All right, just leave. It no, happen. you just you just cut out at the at the at the very end. So I'll just mark it right, mark it down right here. Cut okay. this out, and then um, I'm going to ask you about Adam Thielen real right. quick. All right, and one more thing before we get out of here and kind of say our goodbyes and plug our twitters and whatnot. Um, Adam Thielen has had a fantastic season so far. Do you think this is going to be the same thing going forward, even with uh, Case Keenum as the quarterback? Yes, because he's been. Or I'm sorry, it's I'm sorry. It might be Sam Bradford might be back. This yeah, week. I th- I think Bradford should be back. I think. Um, no, I I like Thielen because he was productive with Bradford and he was productive with Keenum. Um, I like the matchup this week against Chicago. I think. I mean, why not? Why why shouldn't you be confident in Thielen? Sure, when he was with uh, Sam Bradford, it was against New Orleans, and that game was just a you know complete one sided one sided affair. But I think Bradford can is a better quarterback than Keenum, although Keenum has played well. I think Bradford still is the man in Minnesota. He has the relationship and chemistry with. Bradford Thielen does and we that even goes back to last year I mean why why shouldn't you be confident in Thielen you know no yeah I totally get it um I was so like kind of my thing uh I didn't I made the mistake uh of thinking that Stefan Diggs was gonna have a really good season but it, in my argument that I did make one point correctly I said you can get Adam Thielen four or five rounds later so uh yeah, it was all about <laughs> value. That part actually worked out. Um so I'm thankful for that. Otherwise that article was just a complete <laughs> trash can dumpster fire because Stefan Diggs is actually pretty awesome. So uh so we're gonna say our goodbyes. Um we'll let you guys get to your week five fantasy football lives. Um Zach and I just put out our rankings, but Zach, what do you have coming out on Saturday? We have a nice series called tool time written uh, about tools by a tool as i may point it out jokes both said by uh, my colleague matthew bowie and Smokey. for those of you that know him on the baseball site 
and soccer site, uh, he was quick to point out that I am, in fact, a tool writing about tools. Um, but we kind of just go through the Rasball proje- uh, projections and daily fantasy projections, which are top five so far through the 2017 season. So, you know, as I said in the beginning, if you're not subscribed to our tools, you're simply just wasting money. Rudy is an, is an absolute pro, you know, a top five result through four weeks, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, but every single week I'm going to be sifting through that, um, the data and kind of just, you know, just getting you guys some Rasball certified picks, um, just on a collaboration of myself, uh, Matt, Jay, and T-Hole's rankings versus the projections to see if there's any correlations to truly say, you know, here's a guy that we all like uh, here at the site. So I go through that every Saturday. Yeah. Um, for me, you can find me at, uh, tw- on Twitter at Rasball underscore MB. My regular article comes out on Monday morning, so we kick you off with uh, a little review of the Sunday games, followed by Jay's um, attempt at writing an hour of comedy. Uh, <laughs> I, so just for a second, I want to like praise Jay. Like, I legitimately look forward to reading his article every Monday. Like, It's really funny, Like, and I really yeah. like the way he structured it. So I, we're doing we're doing awesome things uh, here at Brasball.com. Um, so check us out, and we will talk to you next week.